Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So what should happen to Urban Meyer at Ohio State? Tom Jones wrote a very provocative column in the Tampa Bay Times about the issue, and he's going to join us in just a few seconds to talk about that and some of the Rays' new acquisitions. All that in football's back. The NFL Hall of Fame game was Thursday night. And so far, so good for the Bucks' new kicker. All this and more on Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started, i got to tell you about a fantastic offer, folks, from Continental Wholesale Diamonds that's going to make your anniversary, your engagement, or any special occasion unforgettable. Now, at Continental Wholesale Diamonds, with a minimum purchase of $2,000, you will receive a five-day, four-night Caribbean cruise for two, all on us. You pick the cruise lines, and you also pick the destination in the Caribbean. Enjoy romantic, fine dining and Las Vegas-style entertainment every night. Make sure to let our friend Annie know you heard about it from Rick and Steve on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Dazzle the one you love with diamonds, then celebrate with a romantic Caribbean cruise on us. It's a no-brainer. Get all the details now from Annie at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. And remember, don't go spending your time at the shopping mall looking for those those deals that they say are on sale. They're really not. There's a huge overhead, and that means a higher price for you. Continental Wholesale Diamonds offers a stunning collection of dazzling jewelry, personal service, and wholesale prices. That's what they're called, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. They'll be within your budget, and at best, no pressure at all. You just go in, talk to my friend, any Continental Wholesale Diamonds. He's going to pour you a nice scotch. He's going to help you find that perfect diamond for your loved one. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's where I shop. And now you get a five-day, four-night cruise for two to the Caribbean on us with a $2,000 minimum purchase. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. Tom Jones wrote a column today in the Tampa Bay Times about Urban Meyer, who, of course, is on paid administrative lead pending this investigation involving uh, Zach Smith and what he may have known about the domestic violence. And he joins us now. Tom, you know, this whole this whole thing, I think a lot of people are focused on Urban Meyer. And, you know, I think you make a pretty good point in this column. And we'll talk about where Meyer stands and what you think should happen to him. But but really, there's regardless. I mean, the focus should not be on Urban Meyer or Ohio State University. They're going to both they're going to survive. And and they're not the ones that are going to be victimized here. There's one woman who has gone through basically hell and it's documented and you know that that would be zach smith's ex-wife right yeah no i mean courtney smith if you go back and you read brett mcmurphy and you and i rick we both know brett mcmurphy that's a boy that's a whole other fascinating story unbelievable about he, story he wrote yeah. this story on facebook on a facebook post he wrote this story but i, I uh, recently rich listened to richard deitch's uh sports media podcast and he talked to brett and brett went through the entire process of how he gained the trust of Courtney Smith and, and talked to her. But when you go back and you start looking at these texts and you start piecing this all together and you go back all the way to 2009 when her then-husband, Zach Smith, was a graduate assistant in Gainesville for Urban Meyer at the University of Florida. And 
the pressure that she got. And then Rick, I mean, if there's ever a classic case of a, a woman who's been abused by her husband and why she doesn't leave or why she stays, this is the classic case because she does an, a, an eloquent job explaining sort of the mentality of a woman who's been abused and what goes on and how they get pressure and people close to her say, you don't report this, you report this, he's going to get fired. He'll never get another coaching job. Then how are you going to take care of your kids someday? And how are you going to take care of yourself? And this is a good life you have. And it's, it's just heartbreaking to, to look at everything that she's been through. The other thing that I really, um, respect about Brett's story in all of this. And, and the thing that I think it's going to be really hard for even Ohio state people to, to even defend in this, this situation is that the, look, there are no anonymous sources in this story. There's everything is on the record. There's no innuendo. There's, this is their actual texts, their actual quotes and from people that you can attach to the quotes. And I just don't know how you can look at this and yeah, we can get into the whole, what's going to happen to urban Meyer story, but I think you're exactly right, Rick, that the heartbreaking part is what has happened to this woman. And you have a feeling, and I, I fear that if urban Meyer loses his job at the end of all this, that she's going to be further a target of Ohio state fans who feel like she broke down, she brought down the program when all she did was try to be a mother and a wife and she got beat up for it. And that's heartbreaking when I think about it. Well, and not only that, but uh, to be honest with you, she was out of the marriage and she, she was hopeful that that would be the end of it, but she ended up having to go get, you know, a restraining order essentially um, because he wouldn't leave her alone even after that. Um, Right. And if you go back and I mean, I, again, if, if you have not read, if people haven't read, Brett McMurphy's story, go back and read it. And I mean, there's details of the abuse and there are photos of the abuse. I mean, this isn't, you know, it's not a, it really isn't a he said, she said type of situation. It is, I mean, there's clear evidence that, you know, police were called nine different times, I believe over the, over the years um, to, uh, to check into a situation or incidents that happened here. And some of the stories of like on their first anniversary, he was pulling stuff. It, It was I mean, it's disgusting stuff if you go back and look at it. And, uh, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know what Ohio State's going to do with this information. We can get into all that. But it, the, you're right, Rick. The first and foremost, you're, you just, your thoughts go out to Courtney Smith. And I, I, I applaud her for, if anything, hopefully this will bring more attention to the epidemic, really, of domestic violence. And, and maybe it'll give women courage out there to, to come forward. Of course, the thing that will that you know Urban Meyer has to answer for, and and no one can answer it yet or has not yet, and I'm sure that's what Ohio State's investigation will be, is that McMurphy showed, as you mentioned, text messages between Courtney Smith and Shelley Meyer, the wife of Urban Meyer, um, that really left no doubt that that you know Shelley knew this guy was an abuser. She she had photos of the bruises. Um, she had told uh, she you know she had said. Well, basically, Courtney Smith said all the coaches' wives knew. She said all of them did, every single one. And that included Shelly, who told her, I'm with you. A lot of women stay hoping it will get better. I don't blame you. I just want you to be safe. Do you have a restraining order? He scares me. It's unimaginable, Tom, from this standpoint. It's unimaginable to me that you're married to the head coach who has a member on the staff that your wife is aware is abusing his wife. To the point of you, he scares me, 
and that you would never, let alone what Urban Meyer has said about his relationship and how she's a real confidant and somebody that he 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 uses, you know, to help counsel him and various things. It, it, it's just unimaginable that he would not have known about this. And as recently as the Big Ten meetings, he denied knowing anything about it. He has said, Rick, and, and I, you know, we've, we, I don't know, we've never covered Urban Meyer directly, but we know people close to that Florida oh, yeah. program. And they talk about his relationship with Shelly Urban or Shelly Meyer and how, uh, how close he is. And he, and he, he says, she's my number one assistant coach and, and my confidant, my soulmate. And, you know, how they share everything, and she's as big a part of his football program as anybody. You're exactly right. Do we have absolute and 100% proof that she told him? No, we don't. I can't imagine, oh, Rick. It just doesn't make sense that she would not pass this information along to him. But I'll go further than this, and I didn't write this in a column, and I started to think whether I should have put this in a column or not. One, I think he knows. I think he knew all along. I think he, he knew about the 2015 incidents. And look, lying to the media, that's not a crime. Coaches do it all the time. But if he didn't report it, that's one thing to, uh, to, his, to his... He would have violated the, his contract. He would have violated, exactly, Title IX. Um, but at the same time, he should have known, Rick. If he didn't know, he should have known, because that's here's right. why. In 2009, you go back to 2009, and, and he's admitted that he knew that something happened in 2009, that the police were called in Gainesville when Zach Smith was a grad assistant for him. Now, like, and, and to remind everybody who, who, don't, who might not know this, Zach Smith is the grandson of Earl Bruce, the legendary, not legendary, but, you know, former uh, Ohio State coach, who was Urban Meyer's mentor. So there is a relationship there with the Smith family, and the Earl Bruce and, and obviously the Urban Meyer. But here's the thing, Rick. So 2009, something happened. Shelly Meyer, Urban Meyer both found out about it, and they advised that the Smiths go to counseling. So they knew that there was an issue all along. How do you not over then the next nine years or however long follow up and say, how's it going? What else is going? Now, in the meantime, Brett McMurphy, by filing a simple, you know, Freedom of, Freedom Information, of Information Act, yeah. Managed to find out and dig up, apparently within a few days, nine different incidents mm-hmm. of police being called to the house. And you're telling me that the head football coach doesn't find out about that? And if, and if, like, again, if I know that there's an incident, I have somebody on my staff that I've counseled, and I'm trying to get them counseling for marriage because of a domestic violence incident, I would hope that over the next several years, I would constantly check in and say, hey, how's it going? And he, is, is everything okay? Are there any problems? But apparently, Urban Meyer didn't do that. Or if he did, nobody told him anything. I, and I can't believe that. So well, either he knew, and I think he knew. I think he knew all along. But if he knew, and but if he didn't know, he should have known. And also, uh, Laura Rutledge, who uh, was on ESPN today, made a great point. And she said, look, you know, at the time that this happened back in, what was it, 08, 09, something like that? Yeah. Um, that, you know, the statements were made, you know, about it being a marital problem. They were having marital problems. She says, domestic abuse is not a marital problem. <laughs> okay? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we all have marital problems, but domestic abuse is not one of them. That is a separate and much more dangerous and, 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 and a criminal problem. Um, so, you know, I, I think just this whole we wanted to help this young couple – you know, 
struggling with domestic abuse. I mean, it, it, it just it, it doesn't make sense. And, yeah, I was listening to some coaches on, you know, of course, everybody's been interviewed about this. I think it was Gene Chizik and said, look, if he didn't know, you have to know. That's why you're paid $8.5 million because it's your program and you are responsible for whatever goes on, especially within your coaching staff. You know, there's been plenty of coaches that have, you know, well, you can't watch 100 players all the time, you know, and, and, and of course they get – scrutinized for how they handle you know problems with students getting in trouble and Mm -hmm. student athletes and that's one that's one bucket okay but the bucket of the guys you hire uh and that you've had on not just one coaching staff where he had problems but then brought him to ohio state and that's the thing it's like this guy could possibly tarnish a legacy as he's one of the greatest by definition at three national championships one of the greatest college football coaches of all time and yet a wide receivers coach, that's yeah. a guy you're going to risk everything for. The only thing that makes sense is to me are two things. One, you mentioned Earl Bruce. You know, that that's the relationship, uh, you know, I wanted to help the grandson of my mentor or I wanted to, you know, I wasn't going to just toss him away. I mean, whatever. Okay, whatever. There's got to be some sense of loyalty that somehow, you know, caused him to not do the right thing if, if in fact he did know. And then and then secondly, the other thing is Tom, Urban Meyer thinks he's Teflon. That's right. You know, I think I think there's there that you reach a I think it's possible that you can reach a certain level Absolutely. in your own warped sense of of celebrity or importance or you know fame or whatever it is and think I can do what I want. No one's gonna do anything to me. I'm Urban Meyer. Right. And I, well, I, I, I think you're absolutely right, Rick. I think they, I think college coaches reached this level of arrogance. I think we saw it with Rick Pitino at Louisville. I think we yes. saw, I think we saw it with Joe Paterno at Penn state, Bobby, I Knight. think Bobby Knight at Indiana. Going back exactly. further. I, I think, and, and obviously there are different levels of, of oh, what totally. happened. You know? And I'm not conflating the two, right. but I'm just saying, no, but I, but I'm saying I do, I do think there comes a point in these programs where the coaches think they, that you're right. I think they think that they know best that they can't, uh, th- that they are Teflon and that they've always made the right decisions, that no one's going to question those decisions. And, you know, it's, I thought about this and, and somebody brought this up. I'm not the first one to think of this, but, you know, Jim Tressel, the former coach, the only reason that Urban Meyer's the head coach at Ohio State now is because Jim Tressel got in trouble a few years ago for what almost seems like a joke now compared to this. Yeah, a with, player you know, got, selling memorabilia that they yeah, got. Yeah, getting, getting tattoos and getting tattoos and stuff. Yeah. And, People said, remember, said at the time, I think what was what was the guy's name? G, I think was the was the president at the time, mm-hmm. and they said, "Are you going to fire Jim Tress?" When he goes, "I'm hope he doesn't fire me," and that's sort of that mentality that really the football coach or whoever the, in some universities the basketball sure. coach, like if if it's Duke or you know Mike Krzyzewski, Carolina or, or something, or, yeah. yeah, where the you know the coach the biggest coach in town runs the university and runs the town, and. I think there is a little bit of that as well with Urban Meyer. But I, Rick, I just keep coming back to this: is that you knew that there were, there were incidents, and and look, Urban Meyer doesn't have a squeaky clean image. Now, I'm not one of those. If you read Mike, I don't know if you read Mike Bianchi in the Orlando Sentinel, it's like almost like he had to call him ready to go, like like it's been ready for months. He's just been waiting for a time to pull it out <laughs> because he just hammered Urban Meyer. He called him Urban Liar, and he's 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 always felt that that Urban Meyer, I mean, for lack of a better word, was just a piece of dirt. And 
Um, he's not alone. I, Let me just say, no. he's not alone with with with. And and we know writers that have covered Urban Meyer, right? And covered him on a daily basis. That's not a that's not a unique opinion that Mike Bianchi holds. That's exactly right. Now, here's the thing I'll say, Rick, and I don't know how you feel about this. I am often, uh, you know, I, I realize that a coach, and especially a guy like Urban Meyer, who's a micromanager uh, and should know everything that's going on with this program, but I also realize that I don't think you can control 110 kids or whatever it is. I, I, I do think kids are going to screw up. Now, I know at Florida there were, there were an, inordinate, uh, an inordinate amount of arrests and some situations that, and obviously Aaron Hernandez is. Yeah, the I was going to say well, situations yeah. like Aaron Hernandez, <laughs> yeah. but I I don't know that I blame Urban Meyer for all of that. You know, I I think that. Well, are, let, wait, hold on now, I, and yeah, I understand yeah. what you're saying. You cannot you cannot be with uh, 18 to 22 year olds 24 seven. That's right. true, but in as much as if this becomes more of a norm than it is in other institutions. You're still recruiting these guys. You're sure, still vetting that's these true. guys. So I mean, and I'm not saying you know they're all you know never gonna. I mean, 18 year olds screw up. You know, 20. You know, 58 year olds screw up. I mean, it happens. Sure. You know, it's human nature. But to the extent that you you know you win or you you know fill your program with a bunch of bad apples and they consistently get in trouble, that is on you. I, I think, yeah, no, I think that's completely fair. But at the same time, my my, my greater point was going to be that, okay, kids are going to do things and you're going to, yes. you can't control all of that. And Agreed. there's arrests at every school. But when you, when it's your, when it's your staff, when you're hiring mm. coaches, mm. that's where I think that you really, you have to know what's going on. And this is a guy that had a history before you had a, hired him at Ohio State. So for now to sit there and, and act like, oh, no, I didn't know anything. It, look, the only way he gets out of this, Rick, it's weird. Like, what he's going to have to do to get out of this, and I don't think he did, I don't think he survives. I really do think he'll, he'll get fired. But if he were to survive, the only way he can do it is to throw his wife under the bus. And that's, that's what a weird situation. Because, look, even, she's going to get in trouble, too, because she oh, works for the university. She's an employee as well, yeah. Right. Now – so either she had this information and didn't tell Urban Meyer. That's the only way Urban Meyer keeps his job, right? I mean, if she goes to him, if she says, yeah, I never told him. You know what, though, Tom? I was thinking about this, and, and I was talking to Steve about it a little bit. But you're right. The, the only way that uh, – the only plausible deniability he has left is that he says, she never explained to me that it was this, that, you know, she said they're still having trouble or, or you know, something. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com benign that he you know was too busy drawing up plays to really pay much attention that's really the only thing he can say is that i I didn't know it it was that this was still happening but tom who's gonna believe that and and the thing is you know as they say there will be lawyers there will be lawyers and and all that would be left for ohio state to do is figure out how much money we're going to pay him and whether or not he's going to take him to court to get his full contract this is going to be a Jim Levitt like situation. I'm not comparing that to, to what happened. No, I, yeah, but no, my point is, that. when coaches, 
when the university gets to a point where, you know, well, we did, and that's the other thing. Is is Ohio State going to conduct their own investigation here, or are they going to outsource well, uh, this? No, apparently because- they are, and it's going to involve people. That I'm, I hate to say it, I think it's probably going to involve some people who are already at the university and people who are, you know, had and something. And I don't even know that that's the right thing to do because right. you know their credibility is at stake. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, so we've done our investigation and we've concluded that, <laughs> unbelievably. Uh, there's no proof that he knew, and that means his wife just wasn't very specific about all her concerns. Nobody, whether it was true or not, nobody would believe that story. Nobody would think that it's credible. And because it's not credible, they can't continue with him. I I just, I mean, it would be as if, like, okay, well, then there's virtually nothing that you can hold him responsible for. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, what if the bar is, is that low? Um, you know, do you, do you need actual phone conversations or text messages between Urban and his wife to right. to prove which that? I can't imagine exist? You know, no, I, mean, of I, I don't not. send. I the only text I ever send to my wife is, hey, you know, she well, she sent text me like, can you get milk at the store? I mean, we're not having long, you know, detailed, intimate conversations on text. You know, we have it over the dinner table. You know, well, that's so. you. That's you guys. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> I I have long, intimate conversations all the time. <laughs> So I don't know. Maybe there is. Maybe they do. Well, exist. maybe there. They, if there is, then that would be. But you know, he's got to give That up. would be a smoking gun at that. Yeah, point. he's got to give. He's got to give all that up. But I just don't think. I mean, what do the? I always say this: do the press conference. Yes. To have the press conference where Urban Meyer walks up there and the university president says, "We're all good here." I think if Urban Meyer, tomorrow. if Urban Meyer ever wants to coach anywhere again, and I really, if I'm advising him, if I were to advise him. Let's let's just talk the football. Let's take you know. Uh, sure. I mean, obviously there are more important aspects of this story. Right, but if, right. If I'm Urban Meyer's advisor or agent or whatever, I'm going to say, Urban, Ohio State's gone. You need to forget about Ohio State. This is we're not coming back. You need to think about whether you ever want to coach again anywhere mm. else. And I think the only way that happens is if he over the next couple of days here. First off, he should have come out already. You don't you have to come out already. And make a well, statement. Again, I, and there will be lawyers. There will be lawyers, right? But I think the only way that he ever coaches after this is for is for to resign. Is to resign and say something very benign, something very vague, like, "Hey, I we don't want to be a distraction to the university. We, I don't want to be a distraction program. I love this we, university too much. We all could have done a better job protecting Courtney Smith. What happened was disgusting. When I I tried to do my best, I failed her. I you know, and but not really admit to anything, but admit that you know that. That wow, something so went wrong. So, you, so you're going to do a statement that says you're sorry, but not for anything specific, right? That there you sounds go. Real sounds familiar. Sounds yeah. well. I and he might get maybe he'll get a three game suspension. Yeah, but <laughs> I think it. Well, I think you it know can, what? That's been discussed too. That that I actually read today where somebody said, you know what they, you know what Ohio State could do is put him on suspension for a year and bring him back a year from now. And I and I I mean does that. I mean, does that fit the crime in this case? Some people may think it does, and I think it does not. Look, I, I think there's a bigger issue here, and I think it's. I think Ohio State needs to stand up for domestic violence or stand up against it. At and some I think, point, Ohio State, the Ohio State, the Ohio State with you know of Joey Galloway and Kirk Herbstreet, Kirk Herbstreet and others would have to. And I know there's bigger players than that, Archie Griffin, you name them. But at some point, they have to say, we're bigger than any one coach. They fired Woody Hayes. They fired Woody they Hayes. Fired right. They Jim fired Tressel. Jim Tressel. Yes. I mean, they can certainly fire Urban Meyer. Yes. And, and, and look, the university you, will continue. 
That's right. And, and, and thrive. Look, it's, yeah. still, it's still the Ohio State University. I think they yeah. would send a wonderful message by, by removing Urban Meyer. But I, I really do think that the most likely scenario at the end of all this is that, is that they allow him to resign and really not admit to anything. And then he, maybe he goes the Jim Trestle route where he, sort of, he shows up in two, two years from now as an assistant somewhere or coaching a, a small program. And then next thing you know, he's – you know, in in ten in five years, if he still wants to be coaching, he's you know he's coaching at he Arizona go, State. He can go work for somewhere. Graciano, where his next head, head coaching <laughs> exactly. job is. He he runs the risk of becoming like Art Bryles, who was you know probably way more evidence that that he knew and what he knew um, more so maybe in this case than in this case with Meyer. But you know, Bryles Bryles essentially was you know was dismissed because. He didn't report it. He didn't. He didn't do the right things when when it was brought to his attention. And now he's coaching in Italy for God's sakes. So you know that that could. I mean, that's the risk that uh, that's a position that Meyer has put himself in. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we'll finish up on this, Tom. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. We've come through now the the trading deadline. We've seen the deals they've made. Chris Archer is now a Pittsburgh Pirate, which you're familiar with that organization. Mm-hmm. First of all, let's start there. How do you think he'll do with the Pirates? You know, I go look. I I was not a big Chris Archer guy before he left. Obviously, right. his numbers have gone down the last couple of years. He wasn't the pitcher. He hasn't been the pitcher he was a few years ago when he finished. I almost forgot he finished fifth in the Cy Young voting a few years I ago. Like it's it seems like a million years ago now. Um, he'll get, I always think a pitcher gets a bit of a bump when he goes to a different league. You know, I mean, we we've seen it with other pitchers uh, when when they switch leagues and and they seem to, you know, at least for a while, maybe fool some people. Um, you know, maybe, maybe look, a change of scenery might help him. Um, maybe a, uh, working with a new pitching coach might help. And I think the, the pirates have a pretty good pitching coach, but I think ultimately what it comes down to, Rick, is at the Pittsburgh pirates think they're getting a, a number, a top of the rotation guy, a number, even a number two guy. I think they're sorely mistaken. I, I think he's still at, at best on his best days, a number three pitcher, but more like a number four. And, um, you know, he, it, he may help them a little bit, but I really think the, the the Rays got the best of that deal. I like who they got now. Their their projects. I mean, they you know Austin Meadows is a guy that the Pirates are very high on, and he came up early this year and and was started off great and then cooled off a, a little bit after that. But he's only twenty three years old, and I think he's got a really bright future. But his him and Glassnow both their stars aren't as aren't as bright as they were coming into this season. I mean, it was about a year ago where both were ranked really high among the top prospects in minor league baseball, and and I don't I don't know if people are quite as high on them now as they were a year ago at this time, but um, but I like I like both of those guys a lot, and then I'm I'm curious to see what this there's a player to be named later, and everybody says it's it's a player of significance. Mm-hmm. So there's there's somebody else is coming in this deal as well. Uh, I don't know who I don't know what player significance is. I don't know if we're talking like like Josh Harrison significant or if it's Sean Rodriguez significant. So, um, but uh, but I like I like that deal overall. I thought it was a good trade. Well, Glass, no, you know they they loved the way he threw when he pitched the other day. Um, even Jalen Beeks, who got roughed up in his first outing, pitched really well um, yesterday, and they win four to two um, and sweep. The Angels. I mean, all they've done is win three in a row since all these trades were made. And now, Tom, they're only seven games out of the wild card, the second wild card. There's two teams ahead of them. But all of a sudden, you're saying, hmm, maybe they'll be playing some meaningful games in September. 
It's not impossible. And here's the thing, Rick, just more than that. I, I still don't, I still think they're a long shot to make the playoffs, but I, if you go back literally five months ago and you started thinking about the future of the Rays, it just felt like it was a million years away. Like, Oh, they're never going to be any good. And they're dumping all these guys and they're dumping Corey Dickerson and Evan Longoria and Jake Odorizzi and Alex Cobb and all these people there and Logan Morrison. And you, and you just felt like it was going to take forever. And all of a sudden you wake up today and you start envisioning this lineup as early as next April, and you start mm-hmm. going around. You got Jake Bowers at first, and Daniel Robertson for now at second, or, or Arroyo eventually, mm-hmm. uh, or they got a couple other guys too who are middle infielders. And then you got Willie Adamas at short, Matt Duffy at third. And then if you have an outfield of Tommy Flamp and uh, Kevin Kiermaier and Austin Meadows, all of a sudden you start looking around like, man, this is starting to look like a pretty good team. Now they still have to get their pitching sorted out. But you have an ace that you can build around, I think, and Blake Snell. I mean, I think he's a legitimate number one. And I just, I'm just amazed at how quickly it's gone from doom and gloom around here to like, hey, they might have a pretty bright future here. Yeah, we're, we're very used to doom and gloom in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Do you know the depressing that. part, though, if you're the Rays? I, I was just thinking about this as, you know, the, Red, the Yankees and the Red Sox are having this big four-game series this weekend. And you look up and – and you and the Yankees and Red Sox, they're so good and they're so young. <laughs> like you look at a ride, like you look at the Red Sox, it's not like Mookie Betts is like 34 years old. I mean, these guys are, you know, they're still and and certainly the Yankees with Aaron Judge and Didi mm-hmm. Gregorius and even Stanton. I mean, these guys are still in their 20s basically. So it it still feels like it, you're climbing uphill the whole time. But they really do I, need realignment for the Rays to be successful. It feels like it. Yeah, I mean, the best it seems like the best you could hope for is to play in a one game playoff every year. He's Tom Jones. You got to read him. Even if you don't agree with him, I agree with him on this one 100%. I think Urban Meyer's days are over at Ohio State, and I think there's every reason that that is the case. Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Talk to you soon. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, this, all of a sudden this race season is starting to take on some new meaning, Steve. Um, we mentioned you know, where they're at with relation to the standings, but they sweep the, the Angels, and you know, all of a sudden these new guys that they've acquired in these trades – start to show up. I mean, Tyler Glass now, of course, on Wednesday pitched very, very well. They were very impressed with his velocity and some of his command. And then, you know, we saw a bad debut by Jalen Beeks um, against the Orioles, but he suddenly has gotten some things straightened out. So you get Kyle Snyder there with these guys to work a little bit, and it looks like maybe they can have some some real good pitching additions. Yeah, Jalen Beeks today, and he, he mentioned that he was attacking the zone a lot better, a lot more first pitch strikes, which – you know, sets up everything in an at-bat uh, and for the pitcher to, you know, really command the count and, and take control of the at-bat there, that he was doing a much better job of that. He worked with Kyle Snyder and Kevin Cash on that. Um, he looked really good. Actually, all the pitchers today, Hunter Wood looked phenomenal for his first two innings, uh, struck out five, and the other out was a comebacker to him, so he didn't even need anybody else really on the field with him other than the first baseman to catch the on the comebacker. But um, he looked really good. Uh Tommy Pham left the game after getting hit by a pitch. Um, he got two hit by pitches in two games for him. Um, but uh, x-rays were negative on that. So hopefully he's uh, back in the lineup Friday or sometime this weekend. As it's the uh, 10th anniversary of the 08 uh, team this weekend at Tropicana Field. So a lot of the old players coming back. And James Shields is on the White Sox. So he'll be back too. He's pitching on Sunday uh, if anybody wants to go see him pitch again. but uh, So it should be a lot of fun at Tropicana Field. White Sox not a very good team. Uh, so you're hoping the Rays can keep rolling. They've now won 20 of their last 24 games at home. That's an incredible run. I can't imagine that they've ever done 
better than that. Uh, you mentioned Beeks throwing uh, first pitch strikes. 13 out of the 18 hitters uh, he threw a first pitch strike to over the, the five uh, strong innings and did not allow a hit over the first four of those innings. So um, very good very good outing and a bounce back for him after that rough outing he had uh, in Baltimore. Uh, I mentioned that, uh, you know, the Bucks have had this kicking thing. I don't know if you heard about it, Steve, but ever since, I don't know, Matt Bryant left here, they haven't really been able to be uh, find a kicker that can actually do the job for them. And, uh, Should have been 3-1 and is, one last year and beaten the Patriots in that fourth game. I, the Patriots is the one game that I really do remember them. Uh, you know, instead of throwing the ball in the end zone for a possible game-winning touchdown, a field goal probably would have won that game if not for um, three missed kicks. But, um, yeah, I you know, look, they, they have tried. And, and, of course, the Roberto Aguayo thing will, you know, probably be, you know, somewhere near the top graph on Jason Light's Wikipedia page one day. But it looks like, Steve, maybe they have found the answer in Chandler Cannonzaro. I mean, this guy, we know he has a stronger leg. Uh, that's one of the reasons they were attracted to him, because he can kick the ball you know, out of the end zone fairly consistently. So that certainly helps you with field position when you start the game uh, or after a score. Um, but he has been incredibly consistent, he had a big five-for-five five day uh, yesterday. He's, you know, he's kicked, uh, you know, kicked some field goals of 50-plus yards out there, and and has done it in the wind. And it's one thing I think people don't really, you know, you think about Tampa and you think about how, you know, predominantly it's it's pretty good weather. I mean, the sun's out a lot and, um, you know, it's an outdoor stadium and this sort of thing. But to be honest with you, there's some some very tricky winds that can blow, especially early in summer. I mean, associated not just with the storms, but also um, the sea breeze and just in general. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not like kicking inside of a dome where you have, you know, conditions completely uh, controlled and uh ken and Zaro's done both but you know he look none of this matters now i would just say this pump the brakes a little bit because the only thing that's going to matter is when he faces a clutch kick to win or lose a game and then we'll know if the curse is uh is rubbed off on him um but as they say you know when the guy jumps out of a skyscraper and each each floor he passes he says so far so good um i think that's kind of where we're at with this kicker so busy week weekend ahead. Of course, the Rays we mentioned playing the White Sox at home. The Bucks will resume uh, training camp. They're almost to their first preseason game next Thursday at Miami. I'll be out there. You can check us out on TampaBay.com. Tiger Woods, by the way, had a pretty good round on Thursday, four under at the World Golf Championship, the Bridgestone Invitational near Akron, where he's won uh, I don't know more than a half dozen times I think in his career. So something to watch there over the weekend, as well as just down the street from Akron. The Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, minus Terrell Owens, who I also saw the other day, name dropping, um, you know, is is going to be this weekend, which is always uh, always fun to watch the speeches. And you got some dynamic guys, of course, with Brian Urlacher and um, Ray Lewis and, and and others in that class. A very good class uh, to watch with that. So, and the Hall uh, of Fame game was Thursday night. We haven't talked about that. Football's back. It is back, yeah. Ba- it was a sloppy game. Yeah, the, bear- the Bears <laughs> making a gutsy call here late, uh, 2.44 to go yeah. in the game. They're down one, and they go yeah. for two and miss it. So a that's, gutsy call by the Bears that's there. Right. That's right. Nobody wants those overtime games in the preseason, <laughs> especially when it's a fifth preseason game. That's the thing. When you play the Hall of Fame game, you're playing five. So Joe Flacco didn't even, uh, didn't even get a T-shirt, I don't think, on the sidelines in this game. Um, but we did see Lamar Jackson throw a pick, so that was good. Uh, and, and just a lot of sloppy turnovers in this game. But, uh, but yeah, football is back. You will, we won't have football this weekend, but this will probably be the last weekend, I guess, that you won't have football. But it is 
uh, it is the preseason and the Hall of Fame game is underway. So uh, we'll be busy. And as always, we want you guys to interact with us when you can on uh, Twitter. Boy, I'm getting plenty of interaction on Twitter of late. Uh, you can reach us at SportsDayTB, at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me at FL Stroud. And then my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. And uh, rate and review this podcast uh, wherever you can get it. Yeah, anywhere you get the podcast, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, just hit that like button or share it with a friend or leave a comment. That always helps us out. Uh, and if you'd like to advertise on the show, we're always looking for new partners to help you grow your business. Uh, you can contact uh, Monica Boyer. She's our sales manager for the show. You can reach her at 813-957-0836, 813-957-0836. Nine five seven zero eight three six. Monica is really nice. She'll hook you up. Or if you don't remember the number, just reach out to Rick or myself, and we'll get you in touch. And uh, I think that Andy Econon of Wholesale Diamonds has done that, and he's doing well. And also giving away for a minimum purchase of two thousand dollars. Go there, make that purchase, make her happy with that diamond, and then also take her on a five day four night cruise to the Caribbean. Anywhere you want to go in the Caribbean on any cruise line, it's all courtesy of Continental Wholesale Diamonds. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Versting. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.